Welcome to the Blister Podcast, the program dedicated to interesting people, the great outdoors, and a bunch of other stuff we like. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check us out online at blisterreview.com. Today's podcast is a conversation we recorded about 36 hours ago in Bend, Oregon. Reviewers Paul Forward, Cy Whitling, and I brought a bunch of next year's skis to Mount Bachelor for a week of testing. So we recorded this conversation to talk about some of the stuff we've been skiing, what was the most surprising, what else stood out, and then, thanks to a couple of prompts from Dan and PDX on the site, we talk about what our one ski quiver and two ski quiver selections would look like for Mount Bachelor and why. So this is just a quick conversation, but here are our very fresh thoughts on a number of very high-profile skis. And if you want to get more info on these skis, become a Blister member to get access to all of the flash reviews we've been posting on the site, and to also get access to the slew of deep dive comparison articles that we are going to start rolling out soon. Of course, Blister members also get access to a number of great deals that end up more than paying for the price of a Blister membership. So just go to the navigation bar at the top of the website and click on Become a Member for more information. Oh, and I should also say that we're going to be rolling out another podcast in just a couple of days. It's a big one, and it's a great one, and we can't wait to share it with you. So stay tuned for that. But for now, here's my conversation with Paul and Cy about a bunch of shiny new skis. Hey, everybody. It, it is Wednesday night, and it is really late, and a couple of us may or may not have just returned from one of Ben's fine breweries. Um, but we wanted to record a quick podcast uh, about some of the equipment that we've been testing this past week at Mount Bachelor. Um, so that is the purpose of this podcast. And here we go. Um, let's see. So I'm here with Paul Forward and Cy Whitling. And the first question I'm going to ask is, what was the most surprising ski you skied this trip? Cy Whitling, you're up. Um, well, this one is kind of odd, but I skied a DPS ski for the first time in my life today and really enjoyed it. Um, the Whaler 112A was... Whaler A112. A112. <laughs> um, I got along shockingly well with it. Um, and like was, shockingly well, underscore shockingly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I kept skiing it, even though there was no real reason to ski it since I won't be reviewing it, but it, like that was the ski that I wanted to be on that we had at the hill today. Um, and I was surprisingly happy with it, which is odd given that it's literally 10 mounted 10 centimeters further back than anything I've enjoyed this winter. Yeah. It's a minus 14 mount point. And you usually like a kind of minus four is a kind of sweet spot for you. And what else about it? Um, it was predictable, and it responded well to um, my pushing it as hard as I push it, which is not as hard as like you guys would have. But I was surprised that um, it didn't take me for a ride. Okay. Paul, either comments on the Whaler 112, which you also have been skiing, or 
your pick for most surprising ski? Oh, I'd say probably also the Whaler 112, just because I've really, really disliked that ski in the past. Honestly, with like I haven't skied it a whole lot in the past, but what I did when I did ski it, I just didn't feel like it was a ski that was quite right for my style of skiing and the places I like to ski. And I still don't think the even in the Alchemist construction and with the slightly the newer shape from last year, that it's a ski I would buy for my own use. But I was surprised how much fun I had on it. It it you know, carves well. It has good energy out of the turns. It's balanced off edge, and you can still kind of slide around on it if you need to. Um, and I, I suspect it's probably pretty decent in powder. I still think that ski will probably lose its composure in. Uh, chop and more variable conditions than we had on this trip, but um, but overall it's pretty fun ski, and I was I was surprised how much I liked it or how much I got along with it, and it's it it was surprisingly fun on the groomers, and the tips were way less floppy than I thought they'd be. Hmm. Um, I don't know that I had any huge surprises in the stuff we had here, but I might go with the ON3P Billy Goat. Um, Been getting time on the 189 centimeter Billy Goat the last couple of days, and I think Paul and I aren't quite in the same place yet with that ski, and maybe we won't be, but honestly, like, one of the things about the Billy Goat is it's still very much to me has that feel that that ON3P on snow feel that is present in their cartel line that is present in their renegade line. Um, it really, so you get that exact same feel, um, but in this different shape. And like, I don't normally go in for things like pintails and asymmetrical tips and all of that. Um, but honestly, I felt like I was able to make that ski work um, in ways that, you know, by the end of today, I felt pretty comfortable on it, um, or quite comfortable on it. I feel like I figured that ski out, um, and um, yeah, um, and I think, like, especially for a place like Bachelor, uh, I think on a deeper day, it's a ski that I would be just fine on, um, so I think that would be my my pick. Um, next question of all the skis that we have been spending time on here at bachelor, I'm going to ask you guys to pick either one, maybe two, um, but just one or two skis that you've been on that have stood out in some particular ways, um, that you want to talk about, um, Cy? Um, so the first one that comes to mind is the black crows anima. I've kind of wanted to get on it um, all season, but ha- it it just hasn't gotten my attention that much. Like, I haven't been desperate to get on the ski, and then I, I got on it on this trip, and um, so far I've really, really liked it. And obviously I haven't skied it in the conditions it's going to do best in. It's You know, it's a 1,600-foot powder ski, but in these conditions I've been a huge fan of it, and everything indicates that it's going to be awesome um, in the in, the, in a, the rest of the winter too. And a lot of that's just because it feels really similar to a couple skis that I've 
thought were really capable while still being really fun um, for the kind of skiing I like to do. And that's the 184 uh, Bibby Blister Pro and the 186 ON3P Cartel 116. And those were the two skis that I was happiest to spend time on and spent the most days on this winter. And the Anima, Anima feels very similar to those. And the fact that there's a touring version of it, the Anima Freebird, is um, gets me excited. Hmm. Paul? The Enforcer 110 and the Enforcer Pro, I think, are the least surprising skis of the trip to me. I spent a little bit of time on the Enforcer 100 last year and uh, and got to ski on the Enforcer 110 and the Enforcer Pro earlier this winter at Alieska, and, uh, and I got to ski on them here at Bachelor. And they're basically just what you would expect. They're, the Enforcer 100 was a great ski. It was great all-mountain ski for, I think, skiers of a wide range of abilities who want a little bit more traditional shape with a reasonably damp construction. And the 110 and the Enforcer Pro are basically <laughs> wider versions of those skis, and they're, they do exactly what you would expect they would do. If you ski a one, uh, Enforcer 100 and you like it and you want something wider, that is exactly what the, what the Enforcer 110 is. Mm-hmm. Spoken, spoken like someone who read my review that we published this morning. I did read it, but I, agreed with, I, I agree with you completely. I would have said the same thing had I not read it. Awesome. You have great, you have great taste and judgment. You've Thanks. shown great discernment. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, well, unfortunately, I was going to talk about the <clears throat> Enforcer 110 and Enforcer Pro as well. Um, I think for me, the the like big takeaway is that that Enforcer 110 is that Enforcer 110 and Enforcer Pro are super similar skis, like. You know, Paul, I was thinking about Paul recently reviewed the 191 centimeter DPS Lotus Alchemist 124. And that is a ski where DPS bumped up um, kind of how beefy, I guess, that ski is. They they intentionally made the 191 a um, beefier sort of ski for big mountain use. Um, it's a different ski than the 185. I did not notice a big difference between like the 185 Enforcer 110 that we've been skiing and the 191 Enforcer Pro. So in other words, I don't think that Nordica made a analogous move to what DPS did. Um, and, and the other thing I'll say is I think Nordica is offering that Enforcer 110 in a 191 length. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to go out on a limb and just guess there's going to be like no difference, no real discernible difference between a 191 Enforcer 110 and the 191 Enforcer Pro. And and they only offer the Enforcer Pro in a 191 length. Um, there's a couple millimeters difference in terms of the dimensions. The Pro is a little bit wider, but those skis are going to be incredibly similar. So there's my uh, little nutshell on that. Um Sai, you were also pretty, like, I was just surprised how quickly you gelled with the Atomic Backland 109, and you were talking a pretty big game about that ski, um, at least some of your early impressions. Yeah, um, so part of that is I've, I, I, like, I was, I was excited about the Backland 109 because it's the evolution of it's two steps down the evolution of one of my favorite skis ever, which was the Atomic Blog. 
Um, and then I got on it, and it felt better than the blog, but not remarkably different, um, which was great. And what I like about it is that it comes at like a pretty touring-friendly weight for a 189 ski, um, but I didn't feel like it was too light skiing at a bachelor. To, I was skiing it with alpine bindings, and I didn't hate that at all and could see skiing it inbounds with alpine bindings every day, especially at a hill like bachelor uh, being just fine. But I also can see it being really fun to put tech bindings on um, and use as a pretty playful touring ski that's um, capable enough to deal with variable snow. And that's a lot of why I was excited about it on that first day. Okay. Um, so let's get uh, someone wrote in today on the site and sort of said, okay, you guys, you know, spent a number of days here at bachelor now. Um, so what would your recommendation be for a one ski quiver for bachelor? And that's a really hard question because (laughs) the, the notion of having only one ski is something that kind of causes my brain to short circuit. Um, but I figured I'd ask you guys, um, so you get one ski, it's an inbound ski for every single day at bachelor start of the season to finish of the season. What are you going with? Sigh. Um, I would go with the moment death wish. Hmm. There's a lot of skis that I'd be super happy skiing here every day. Um, like the line Mordecai, line Mordecai, the death wish, um, the, O-N-3-P, Cartel 108, there's a lot of skis in the ca- this category, even the Backland 109, where it's like, yeah, I'd be fine with that as my only ski here. But I think out of that group, the Death Wish stands out um, as blending, being being capable with also being playful, and it's I think it's the right width for Bachelor, and it's the right kind of ski for the kind of skiing I like to do here. Paul? You know, they had a really good year this year, and they had a ton of powder skiing, and um, talking to people that ski here a lot, it seems like a fatter skis are a reasonable choice for a one-ski quiver here. So, you know, you always have what's fresh in your mind comes to the fore, but the the Moment Bibby or Blister Pro would be a pretty fun ski to have here all year. It would be, you know, Bachelor's not super steep, and so having a bit more float on the pow days would be in your be your benefit to keep the speed up and uh you know it'd be super fun right now i think a a bibby pro would be super fun smashing around the hill as it is at the moment so i think that'd be reasonable um i could also easily get along with this hill with a you know a blizzard coaches or Hmm. something along those lines too which is you know always a ski that's hard for me not to grab as a a one ski quiver something along those lines you know like a mid 100s reasonably um stiff directional ski would be super fun here but it's a playful mountain and i think having a ski like the baby that has a little more a little more pop and a little bit more uh playability would be fine would be would maybe be my choice mm-hmm. <clears throat> um i mean i guess i'm sort of on record for being like i could sort of take the blister pro anywhere um and be pretty happy um so i'm going to kind of rule that one out because and and honestly for this mountain um i am going to go back to a ski that Sai and i reviewed when we were here a year ago um 
I just had a blast on that ON3P Cartel 108. Um, that is a ski that's mounted at minus four. That's a little bit, a uh, little bit more of a centered mount than what I will often reach for. But <clears throat> and and I think it's really like the more I've been thinking about Bachelor, I think you, you you have four very distinct areas here. Like we've talked a lot about the playful element of Bachelor, but the reality is like you have the summit, which I could take some of the biggest, stiffest longest skis up off the summit and just have a great time just nuking around the summit on those you have amazing terrain parks that i mean like i'm not spending my time there but i think if someone's going to size up like a one ski quiver for bachelor it'd be a very legitimate thing to be like i want to hit the park and then i want to go play around on northwest right that's going to be a very different ski we these groomers here like when those groomers, you know, we're 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 uh, currently skiing like some pretty hot, kind of hot pal groomers, like slushed up groomers. But when those groomers are groomed out and conditions are colder, temperatures are colder. I mean, you can absolutely take like a carving ski and have a blast on those groomers all day long. And then you have sort of the Northwest Express chair, and that is that really playful terrain that we've maybe been overgeneralizing this place for. So to me, those are the four elements. And and it's and in that way it's kind of four very different sections of the mountain. Nevertheless, I think for me that ON3P Cartel 108 would be my pick, and that would be showing a bias for like I would be hitting up the Northwest Express Chair or the Cloud Chaser lift. Like, Cy and I had a really fun time <laughs> off of Cloud Chaser just hitting rolling terrain. Um, and, I mean, Cy maybe trying to knock himself out on a backflip, but different story. But, like, that's where you're getting some of that rolling terrain at Bachelor. And I think I might just, if I can only go one ski, um, that's why I'm rolling Cartel 108. Um, okay, last question, and then we can all go to sleep. Uh, if we went to Ski Quiver from Bachelor, which is better, yeah. right? It's not quite to the five Ski Quiver that, you know, every reasonable skier should own, but, like, <laughs> if we go two Ski, Cy, what are you going with? Um, I would go with the K2 Catamaran as a wider option, um, because we do keep talking about how playful this mountain is, and if I was... Living here, I would know I would spend a lot of time on Northwest and Cloud Chaser. I'm not as interested in the Summit stuff, um, and I think that Catamaran would be really, really awesome in all the wind-lippy, poppy, slashy stuff, um, you know, below treeline here. Like, that would be my, like, on soft days, that would be my, very much my top pick for skis at this area. I, like, I think that's a pretty perfect combination. Um, and then for not as deep of days, I would probably go with the line bacon. Um, it's, if I, again, if I lived here, I would end up skiing a lot of park in the spring mm -hmm. and I, the bacon's a fun ski for that. And it would also be fun for like the slushy Northwest and slushy cloud chaser laps we've been doing this week. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's narrow enough and really quick and would be really fun. Like I really enjoy the parks here and the bacon would be a fun ski to ski all mountain with a lot of park laps in the spring. Paul? 
Oh, that's a little bit harder. Um, I definitely want, I mean, if they keep getting these good winners, I definitely want a Powski. And so I would either do something like the Bibby again, or I could even, I mean, I'm pretty high on that Alchemist 124 right now. I mean, that would be a really fun ski here on Pow Days because hmm. it, it, it actually rails on the groomers, and the groomers are fun here. And it's, it's you know, it's drifty and it's quick in the trees, and it's but it's still good on the open terrain. Like, it would be fun to just, you know, it's fun on super big Alaskan faces going super fast. I'm sure it would be just fine for a Pow Day Alp Summit. Um, and then my second choice, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to ski a lot of the 100-ish to 110 more playful skis, but I, I really enjoy, like, it's an aspect of skiing I don't get to do a lot is, like, the, all the, the airs and the rollovers and the stuff like that, and I, I really enjoy that, and I enjoy playing with little, you know, tricks and spins and stuff like that, and I want to do more of that, and so... Well, my gut is like, oh, just take a Cochise because, you know, you can smash your way around and go fast on that. I, I Part of me wishes I had a ski that was a little bit more, you know, like, for example, a ski that I've skied not that much, but I could see being a really great ski here as kind of an all-around ski would be that um, uh, Moment Meridian, I think, could be like a pretty cool ski here. It's stiff enough, I think I could go fast, which I like mm-hmm. to do sometimes, and, it, you know, it holds an edge pretty well. But it has that kind of, you know, the mount point and the balance of the ski is one that could be pretty playful and fun. I That would be a ski that I would be inclined to have here. Is that your answer? Yeah, that's my answer. But did I, you I could go name? on, but I could... So you, you're going with a Bibby and a... Or, or maybe an Alchemist 124 and a Deathwish or... Maybe a Cochise. I'm kind of a little wishy-washy. <laughs> I don't. I never get. I never get to ski those. Like, <coughs> you know, like more playful skis. But I, this place makes me. It inspires me to want to ski like yeah. that more. And it makes me want to ski on those kind of skis more. And I think if I lived here, I would be like stoked to try to get on like the, you know, what used to be the Gunsmoke and whatever is now going to be the whatever the Rustlers are going to be like. Yeah. Skis like that, I think, would be very well suited to this place, but I haven't skied those skis very much. And, uh, and skis, you know, another ski that super excited to check out that I think could be a really cool option here would be that, um, you know, I've been surprised by how much I like that Alchemist construction and a ski that could do double deuter as a touring ski, but a strong front side ski might be that, um, DPS Alchemist 106. Yeah. But haven't skied it yet. So we'll see. So I think, um, my two ski quiver, I think for my my narrower ski, for Bachelor, I would take the Nordica Enforcer 100. Um, and I'm going to quickly point out, because I feel like I'm cheating on the Blizzard Bonafide. The Bonafide, I would definitely take, for me personally, I would take the Bonafide as my um, skinnier ski for Taos. Um, but I think that slightly looser, slightly easier going, slightly um, poppier Enforcer 100 is what I would choose on the narrow end for Bachelor. Uh, For my bigger ski, the first ski that came to mind was that Wine Pescado um, that I actually reviewed from Bachelor in December, um, spent a good amount of time on it, and it was just a blast. Mm -hmm. Um, And Again, I that's that Pescado would not be at the top of my list at a place like Taos, 
Um, but for here, it was just so much fun. Makes so much sense. That ski seems perfect. I mean, yep. you watch like, this, like you watch all these snowboarders here on those like short carby snowboards, just like, just surfing and carving down the mountain. And you're like, man, I wish I had skis that did that. Yeah. Pescado seems like that would be that ski. It looks, yeah. It seems like it'd be a great ski here. Um, so you know, if you took away the Pescado from my bigger ski, yes, I could do a Moment Blister Pro. Um, the other ski though that I would be inclined to do for a second bigger ski is the Rosignol Super 7 RD. Um, and that ski I got along really well with at Taos. I think it'd be super fun here too. Um, anyway, so that's my wishy-washy answer uh, of more than two skis. Um, so I shouldn't make as much fun of you, Paul. Um, anyway, I think we're going to leave it at that because everyone is very tired here and Sai and I have to get up uh, at 4.30 in the morning, um, which is in five hours from now. So um, we're going to sign off on that, but um, that's a bit of an update on some of the skis we've been checking out from Bachelor. Um, and uh, we're going to talk to you guys again very soon. That's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Many thanks to Paul Forward and Cy Whitling for the conversation, and to Mount Bachelor for letting us fly around their beautiful mountain. And thanks to our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob, who I'm very happy to report I finally linked up with right before we left for Bend, and J-Bob and I got to catch up over lunch. Now next, J-Bob, we go ski touring. Till next time, check out all the reviews of next year's skis that we're posting over at blisterreview.com. Go to the navigation bar on the site to become a Blister member. And don't forget that in just a few days, we'll be dropping another podcast that you will not want to miss. Okay, bye.